This Church Life Today podcast is a production of Redeemer Radio and the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame and is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners. Hi, everybody. This is Leonard DiLorenzo, host of Church Life Today. Before we get to today's episode, just a quick word from me to you. We just passed our second anniversary of this show, and I wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening. And thanks for all the great feedback you've sent our way in the past two years. If you like what you hear in our conversations with pastoral leaders and scholars, please pass our episodes along to others. Everything's available online at RedeemerRadio.com slash churchlife or on SoundCloud at Church Life Today. And if you live in an area where your local Catholic radio station does not carry our show, call your station, send them an email, ask them to take us on. Now let's get to today's show. When you think about what's important for fulfilling the mission of Catholic schools, do you think about the spiritual leadership of principals, administrators, and teachers? Dr. Aaron Barisano does. As the superintendent of schools in the Diocese of Orange, the 10th largest diocese in the U.S. and the second largest in California after Los Angeles, Dr. Barisano is, of course, paying attention to what every education leader has to pay attention to, enrollments, budgets, staffing, and retention, and supervision. But for her, the spiritual leadership of Catholic educators is one of the key distinctive elements in what makes Catholic education truly Catholic. Dr. Barazano delivered a presentation on leadership and mission in Catholic education at the Called and Co-Responsible Conference hosted by the McGrath Institute for Church Life. And today she joins me, Leonard DiLorenzo, to talk about her work as well as Catholic education in her diocese and beyond. Dr. Erin Barisano, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here, Lenny. So you've been in your current role of superintendent in the Diocese of Orange for just about two years now. Yes. And prior to that, you were deputy superintendent in the Archdiocese of LA. So you've been pretty much all over Southern California doing Catholic education. There are more parts of Southern California. but I have. Those are, yes. the, those are the, the two largest. The two yes. largest, uh-huh. indeed. So if you were to give a, a sort of, I don't know, we can call it a state of the union, mm-hmm. like a okay. you know kind of a snapshot where we are with Catholic education in Southern California, what are some of the things you would say? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, Catholic education out West and in particularly Southern California, we face some of the, the challenges that we see across the country, meaning decline enrollment, um, some financial challenges, a disconnect between parish and school for our elementary schools. But I also think that we're really trying to focus on some opportunities. Uh, some of the exciting things that I can um, speak to in terms of things that we did in Los Angeles that we're also doing in the Diocese of Orange, innovation, really mm-hmm. looking at innovative uh, programs and models of education in our Catholic schools. Dual language immersion schools have been really successful in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really pleased to announce that uh, in the fall of 2020, we will be opening our first dual language immersion school in uh, La Habra, California, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Wow. And, and this is just an opportunity for us to respond to the needs of a community. 
and then really expand the scope of what community means because our uh, our dual language immersion schools really appeal to not only the local community but also you know people will drive to that they they become uh, destination schools and reach then into the larger community some of the other things i, I think that we've been uh, really successful in uh, in southern california really taking a look at leadership formation for our principals and again, I, I applaud uh, Archdiocese of Los Angeles for really taking this seriously. I learned a lot there. Uh, when I started there, I was the associate director of leadership formation mm-hmm. with uh, Dr. Susan Abeline. Learned so much from her as an assistant uh, superintendent and accreditation commissioner, really focusing on, on building up our school leaders and with, uh, you know, their competency level, their capacity um, to lead schools. And um, what I've now taken into the Diocese of Orange is that the uh, belief that not only do we need to, to build our leaders' competencies at our, at our elementary schools, but we focus uh, our whole first year on, um, on building up competencies in spiritual leadership. Hmm. As, a, um, as an elementary school teacher, you, know, you come with a, a certain set of gifts and talents. And for most of our principals, they have come through the system as classroom teachers, and they're very good teachers, and they're good instructional leaders, but that faith formation piece is not always a given, and our principals do serve as spiritual leaders of their school communities, and so that's really my focus as a superintendent to ensure that that we are feeding their spirits and nourishing their souls so that they can, in turn, be that and do that for their communities. Yeah, I I love this idea of the spiritual leadership of the school leaders, and maybe let's stay with that for a moment. What are some of the core elements of spiritual leadership that you want to help to develop in in your existing leaders, and I imagine it's also developing future leaders, Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think that that really one of the the main things that we we focus on is having a life centered in prayer, Mm -hmm. and that's something that I did not learn as a principal, and so, uh, you know, a lot of this I I kind of draw on my own experiences and, and the things that I, I kind of see now we're lacking. But besides giving them the tools of different prayer experiences, giving them the time. You know, the, the life of a principal is so, so busy. And so, um, so what we've been able to do is form a cohort model, first of all, which I think is so important. You draw such strength from the other people who are walking the path with you. And that's been, uh, been really, really successful for our, our new principals. But also just that gift of time and allowing them to, to be and to be vulnerable and to develop a community of faith and a community of trust and to uh, support one another with the challenges that they face, but to also celebrate their joys. And it's really, you know, trust, safe space, all focused on faith. Uh, this is uh, the second year we've, we've done it, and now I'm already looking ahead to, uh, to next year, the things that, that I would like to incorporate. You know, drawing on, on some of my research, which really focused on developing principles as spiritual leaders mm-hmm. of their communities. Uh, some of the areas that principles are, are lacking is that pastor-principal relationship and really, really focusing on what should that relationship look like? And I think it's it's really um, uh, appropriate in, in some of the things that we're talking about here, that idea of not only just a, a partnership or collaboration, but pushing it even further to that co-responsibility right. for the mission of our church. And I'll be honest, I don't think we're quite there yet, not in the parish school. And so that takes uh, education on both the side of the, the principal, but then drawing the pastor into that conversation as well and creating that understanding with Mm -hmm. our pastors. Some of that comes 
from the principal, but a lot of that needs to come from the superintendent's office and from the pastoral office and from our bishops. And so I, I really, I feel very hopeful about that direction. It's necessary. It is absolutely necessary for the future of our schools. Absolutely. So I think we can imagine the relationship, or at least in some way, the relationship between you as superintendent and your principals. Mm -hmm. How is that relationship, how does it work out between you as superintendent and pastors? Because as you're saying, you sure. know, this needs to be shaped on both sides to develop that kind of partnership. Right. And I'll be honest, um, that, you know, my, my first year and a half, I've really focused on that relationship with the principal and establishing trust and, mm -hmm. and all of that. It's now time to branch out to the pastors. I've, I've had very positive interactions, kind of, but one-offs, if, if you will. Sure. And um, I'm in, in conversation right now with uh, with our auxiliary bishop, Bishop um, Ton Tynwind, who, who really works with me in, the, in our schools department about exactly that. How, how do we draw our pastors in as a, as a collective group and, um, and even our pastors without parish schools, because they play a very important role in the mission of Catholic education. Yeah. Their parishioners also um, you know, uh, need to, to know about our Catholic schools, even if it's right next door on, on, on their facility plant. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so our, um, you know, I, I think that looking to next year, next school year, we will, we will have some kind of forum to gather our pastors, our principals together to explore this issue. It's, it's really, you know, quite simple. Just let's get it all in a room, right? Let, <laughs> right let's yeah. talk about these things. Yeah. And they've never been given this opportunity. All right. Yeah. Right. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You're listening to Church Life Today on Redeemer Radio. I'm talking with Dr. Aaron Barrasano, Superintendent of Schools for the Diocese of Orange. Now, the, the very first thing that you mentioned, kind of this little State of the Union that yes. I asked you to give of Catholic yep. education in Southern California, you said, well, you know, some of the things we're facing here, everybody's mm -hmm. facing, right, which right. is, and the first thing you mentioned was the decline in enrollment. Yes. How significant of an issue is that for somebody in your position, for your principals? How much does this affect what you think about in terms of the mission of yeah. your schools? It's huge. I mm -hmm. mean, this is this is something that is uh, that is on my mind every day. Mm -hmm. our, our families, um, you know, and, and I think it's twofold that families uh, not enrolling in Catholic schools, but also families leaving Catholic schools. And so it's not just an enrollment issue. It's mm -hmm. a retention issue okay. as as well. Factors are I mean, financial factors. Financial is still the still the biggest mm -hmm. one. And it's, and it's interesting that in the diocese of Orange, we we have a, a big scope of kind of financial realities. Yeah. Where we have some schools that are really would be considered a inner city schools, if, mm -hmm. if you will, a lot of kind of mid middle um, uh, income areas, but um, some very affluent areas right. as well. And um, and even our affluent areas, our, our schools are not full. And so, so it's not purely it's a not financial, financial. It's not just financial. We actually had a um, an education summit uh, last week for our schools. We consider them South County, which is the most affluent area in right. in our diocese. And looking at some of these things, that the students are there. There are a lot of of young families in in these areas in these communities. They're financially sound. They have good jobs. It's it's expensive to live there, and they you know they, they have disposable income. So why are they not sending them to our schools? Mm -hmm. Why are they choosing a private school that uh, charges tw uh, two times or three times as much tuition? Really? Yes. So you're not losing them to public schools in a place like that because there like, are excellent public there are schools in there in are the of, yes in the uh -huh. in the region of Oregon right there. right yeah yeah yeah. So, so it's not necessarily for that because that would 
that's, that's it. part of the financial part. That's it. That's okay. it. And so, um, so you know, going back to that um, that idea of of meeting the needs then of the community. So, what what are the what are the communities looking for? Mm. Is it um, is it a language program? Is it a um, a personalized learning program through through blended learning? One of the uh, the areas that we're exploring and, and uh, will be uh, transitioning two of our schools next year is to a liberal arts education school, mm-hmm. which is really taking things in, in you know the, the pedagogy just a, a very different approach than a uh, maybe a you know a parish school. Yeah. And so so we're really excited about that. We're we're partnering with the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education mm-hmm. on that teacher training on that that shift in mindset, in philosophy, um, supporting them so that, uh, that we can, you know, the goal is to, to reach out to a different community of learners and of families that maybe would not have considered Catholic education. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in branching out to something like liberal arts education mm-hmm. here, is the hope to present a variety of different educational options for families? Are you trying to find, well, what is the best, what's the best type of model right. for Catholic education? Is it a mix of both of those? What? And that's exactly okay. it. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Our, um, our diocese has um, 34 elementary schools. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that something unique about our diocese is um, we are the footprint of the county. Mm-hmm. So the, the Orange County is is the Diocese of Orange, right. and so it's it's, uh, it's very accessible. You know, from from one side of the the county to the other is maybe a little over an hour. I mean, it, it really Dep- is always depending on, on traffic, yeah, no, right? Southern yeah. California yeah. traffic, yeah. Right? depending on <laughs> yeah. But I do think if if we can create some different models of education, all focused on you know sound catholic identity evangelization missionary discipleship making sure that that mission is unwavering but delivering it in different ways that you know the, the hope is that it will be more appealing to um, to more people very good in terms of the relationship of well, I, I suppose that might even be the wrong way to phrase it I was going to say the relationship of catholic education to the diocese mm-hmm. but the Catholic education is coming from the diocese, it comes, so it's not, it's not a relationship it. that has to Correct. be brokered. It's, it's right there in the beginning. So right, right. maybe if we spoke about the mission of Catholic education uh-huh. in relation to the broader mission of the diocese, how is Perfect. this working out in, in your diocese? Yeah, it's, you know, one of, one of the joys for me is um, coming into a diocese where the mission is, is very clear. When I was, was hired and came, I came on in July of uh, 2018, the diocese had just completed uh, strategic planning, hmm. um, kind of an 18-month um, process, and um, and one of the pillars of that was Catholic education. And so there's this great uh, focus on Catholic schools, Catholic education in our diocese, and that that comes from our leadership, that comes from our bishop. But um, the the mission, like I said, is is very clear on creating missionary disciples. That's you know to very simply go go forth and, and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And and so as schools. One of my first uh, tasks or one of the things that I owned was then writing a mission statement for our Catholic schools that is in complete alignment with the mission of the diocese. And so expanding it into the areas of not only faith formation, academic excellence, and service, mm-hmm. uh, those are those three areas really that, that Catholic schools embody in order to send our students out to transform the world. Mm-hmm. And that's really just taking the mission statement of our diocese and kind of expanding it into then what does it look like for our Catholic schools. And it's very much a lived reality. It, it, it really is the center to everything we do, every decision we make, 
how does that then further our mission? And that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of who's making the decision about students going to Catholic schools, I think we think a lot of times, well, it's the parents that are making the decision. A lot of times it's students. A lot that are of times the it's students, the students. Right? Yeah. What have you found that generally speaking, parents are looking for? So mm-hmm. we could say, sure. you know, the mission of the diocese is to create uh, missionary disciples, as uh-huh. you said, in Catholic schools serve that end of the diocese, yep. the mission of the diocese. Imagine most parents, when they're looking at schools, they're not saying which school necessarily is going right. to help shape yep. my child's yep. missionary disciple. I imagine young people, especially when they're maybe shopping for high schools, which they do a little bit now, uh-huh. that may not be at the top of the list. Sure. So what have you found that parents are looking for, yeah. students are looking for? I know this is related to enrollment. but Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I, th- I think one of the things parents uh, is still kind of at the top of the list is safety. And and I think safety comes in, in uh, you know, it can be a uh, lived out in, in, in some different ways. Um, obviously, you know, physical safety mm-hmm. for, uh, for our children, but also emotional safety. You know, our, our, our kids, our poor kids are, are growing up in, in a world, they're exposed to so much so early on. And don't we all just want our, our kids to, to be, feel safe and, and to be happy and to be, know that they are loved mm-hmm. and not only by one another, but by a God who created them and who loved them. And so, the, you know this this idea of safety, and I'm always you know, I'm always looking at it through the Catholic lens. My uh-huh. my 15 year old daughter always says, "Mom, why do you have to make it always so Catholic?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my job. It's yeah. what I do. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. who I am. But um, but and, and I think that so I, I do think that there's a um a very Catholic element to to that idea that that safety idea. And yeah. so again, I think when when uh, prospective parents come to us. And, and if, if that's what they're looking for, we, we can lead with that and we mm-hmm. can, can circle them with this, uh, this love of Christ and, and also ensuring that our plants are, are safe. Yeah. But, um, but it's so much more than just that physical safety. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And especially as you're talking about, because kids today, with kids today, gosh, yeah. I think right. <laughs> kids today, but our young people are, are, like you said, exposed to so much so early, which yeah. has to do with the access to all the kinds of things that are out there yeah. and we create, you know, our imaginations about the things that are out sure. there, but it's also, they're inundated by so much. Oh, like it's yeah. just constantly connected. So the safety I imagine has to do with maybe even creating like little countercultures where absolutely you can actually rest and, and study it, well. And it is, and it, it and it is. And it's, um, you know, you, you said it perfectly because, uh, a lot of what we do is, um, is countercultural, mm-hmm. right? And so to be able to step away from that and to, breathe mm. and to and for that to be safe for them to do that and to explore things that maybe they don't feel safe exploring out out here because um they might be judged or you know this this might be nerdier this might be you know this it's mm-hmm. it's uh it is countercultural and so um I, I think that that's one of the things that we do well and I think it's something that we need to um to, to really uh, proclaim a little bit better is this idea of safety, um, this kind of expanded version of what it really means to to create these safe environments for our for our children. Indeed. Yeah. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You're listening to Church Life Today and Redeemer Radio. I'm talking with Dr. Aaron Barisano, Superintendent of Schools for the Diocese of Orange. How about when this gets to the high school level? Yeah. So you have 30-some-odd elementary schools, yes, right? Yes, 34 elementary, And then uh-huh. seven 
yes. seven high schools uh-huh. at this point. Yeah. Um, and some of your high schools are fairly large. They're large, especially by the standards that many of the yes. the rest of us in this country yeah. would be would be um, accustomed to. Several thousand, a couple thousand students. Yes. Yes. Um, and have a variety of options within them. Excellent sports programs. Excellent theater programs. Right. What is, I don't know, like, how do you think about the high school education in a Catholic setting? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny when, um, when I, I, uh, again, um, just learning about the high schools and that's, uh, that's something that's new to me. I came from the elementary world and so I, I'm, I'm always learning, um, and one of the questions I, I posed to um, to the administration is, I, I, I said, how how do you create an intimate experience for your students in a place this large? Right. And um, because I think that the, that they're able to accomplish that, but I but I I, I said, but how how do you do this? Um, and it comes down to um, the the teachers. You know, the the teachers are are those that. Uh, that are on the front line, and they're the ones who interact mostly with uh, with the students, um, the the coaches, the activities directors, things like that. Um, so ensuring that the the people uh, that uh, that are in these positions to uh, to influence our students, to uh, to teach them, to lead them, to guide them, are um, are again not only competent in their subject area, mm-hmm. but uh, but are good people. Yeah. Right. We we need um, people who are good role models that are um, living uh, good moral lives that are faith filled uh, because our kids need that. And so in in places that are that are large and particularly for um, for the you know those high school years, um, I I'm I'm really pleased with the the level of not only the leadership but also um, the teachers that we have. Mm. I just. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to have uh, individual interactions with, with some teachers, and um, I'm just, I'm always so, so impressed with the, with their commitment to their vocation as a Catholic school mm-hmm. teacher. So I, I think it's something that um, that we do well. I think it's something that we can always work on. That formation piece is, is a piece that's always, you know, kind of nagging at me. How, how do we, uh, uh, from the diocesan level, form them better? What are those experiences that, that we need to give them? Um, you know, our, um, the, the challenges are, are, uh, are always uh, going to be there again in this, this countercultural message and these uh, environments that we're trying to create. And yeah. so how do we equip our teachers better for yeah. that? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Can we talk about the gift and burden of sports? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to go know, there. I have to. I knew you were well, going to go there. Yeah. And you yeah. know, being yep. here myself at, a, right. at uh, the university of Notre Dame, we've right. got the same thing. There's an incredible sure. gift that yes. the sports bring. Yeah. Part of, let's be honest, part of it's financial, part of it right. is um, publicity, part sure. of it's the status of the school. Part of it is um, also in terms of like bringing student body together. Right, right. Which often gets yeah. overlooked. But at the same time, there are incredible burdens yes. that come along with this. And it's not burdens as if, oh, we're saddled by it. It's, uh, there are sacrifices that are being made that maybe, who knows, that they should be made. Right. Well, I do know. I do have opinions, but right, right. hey, I'm hosting, right. so we get to ask questions. <laughs> um, I think we've seen in college that there's been the professionalization of collegiate sports. Yeah. And then that means it's, that the next stage down at the high school it, level, there's been some of that trickle-down professionalization. Correct. 
So in Catholic schools, which uh-huh. are far from immune from this, oh. sometimes right at the forefront y- of that. Yes, yes. How does that impact the mission of Catholic education? Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. reckon with that? So that's... Um, it's, You've it's, only been in the job two years. I've only been, yeah. And it's such a great question. I And I will say... Um, that is the one area that I underestimated. Hmm. That is the one area that I, I really, I had no idea the impact of high school sports on, um, on the, the mission, if you will. Um, so let me talk a little bit about the, the elementary level, what we're trying to do there in hopes kind of the long game of it feeding into yeah. our high schools, because we absolutely recognize everything you just said. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's a challenge. Um, and full disclosure, I come from one of these, yes, these you high do. schools. Yes, in your you do. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like watching the football games on TV right. from the Midwest, right? Of I, my West Coast high yes. school. Yes. So. I mean, this is exactly, yeah. this is the I'm caliber of, we're I'm part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so at our at our elementary schools, um, one of one of my joys is um, right after I came on board, I uh, I uh, brought on uh, a director of elementary um, athletics. Yeah. And um, and he's fantastic. He's you know he was an uh, athletic director at a school for 25 years. Totally understands it. But his mission for um, for for elementary athletics. Um, is so aligned with the mission of Catholic education. And it's, it's really, you know, to, to put it very simply, it's to create, um, a safe, a, a safe environment again for children to, uh, to compete, to learn their, you know, uh, skills and athletics, to have fun. But, um, but it's very faith-filled and, and we've, um, we've actually been partnering with the, uh, the Play Like a Champion. Yeah. Um, uh, program here out of Notre Dame, and he comes back every year, and he gets trained, and then he goes and trains uh, coaches and ads, and um, and now parent volunteers, and it's changing the culture of wow. sports. It's yeah. really fantastic, yeah. and um, you know, to the point of prayers before games, and not just um, now within their own uh, teams. It's with your competitor and everybody. Let's get around and pray, hmm. and really empowering um, our coaches and um, and supporting them. It's really uncomfortable for some of them to to do these things, yeah. and um, uh, he's been a great model. And I've, I'm just I'm so so pleased with that. And we're really, you know, again, sports is, um, man, the, the Diocese of Orange, a big culture of, of sports yeah. and athletics, um, even for our younger kids with, um, with club sports and things like that, travel teams. And so trying to create a, a really healthy athletic sports culture at the elementary level, um, that, that is kind of countercultural to mm-hmm. those things. Now going into the high schools, that's uh, that's where my, I got my work cut out for me. Uh-huh. It's um, it in um, I, I think that we can you know continue just to to try to work at ensuring that uh, that the message is is really consistent and mission focused. This is something that uh, isn't going to happen overnight, but mm-hmm. um, do totally recognize that that we need to keep the mission at the at the forefront. Um, and, uh, that one's a really complex one and, and probably a long-term one. So thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, <Sure. laughs> Not that you need to be reminded right. that it's something that you had to think about when you had to go yeah. back home, but, um, we'll, we'll follow up on that later, right. but, uh, we're coming to the end, but you know, one other thing is, um, you're not only now an experienced Catholic educator and a superintendent in Catholic schools, you're also a parent who's chosen yes. Catholic school yes. for your child. Now, you might say, somebody might say, well, of course she has to choose <laughs> Catholic. But 
No, I mean, you've chosen Catholic schooling Absolutely. For, for your children. Why? What are you hoping for yeah. for them? Yeah, the and, it, and it was. It was a very conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband didn't go to, to Catholic schools, mm-hmm. and, um, and and I remember, I mean, you know, the not just the one conversation, but multiple conversations lead, leading up to that. Um, and um, and really, I mean, it's it's what I want for my own children is what I wanted as a teacher, as a principal, and now as a superintendent. I want my kids to fall in love with Jesus. Mm. And um, and I think a Catholic school is the best place for that to happen. And um, if they can have that personal relationship and encounter with Christ, everything else will fall into place. I just, you know, um, they're, they're going to learn. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're getting a good education. They're, they're learning how to read and to write and, and you know, math. They, they both struggle in math, but they're learning. Yeah. Um, they're getting exposed to... Um, um, to good people. That's, I think, the other piece is surrounded um, by other families who are like-minded mm-hmm. and share our values. And so, um, and so, you know, the the conversation at the the dinner table, I think, is um, is really shaped by their experiences during the day. And we talk, you know, they talk about their friends and so and so and so and so. And um, and it makes me happy and it makes me feel good because um there are so many things in this world that um that make me feel the opposite Hmm. and so um so i think that um that you know just as a parent that um that catholic schools um give my children the opportunity to experience their faith on a very real real level beautiful well aaron thanks so much for spending this time with us it's my pleasure You've been listening to Church Life Today on Redeemer Radio. Our guest was Dr. Aaron Barisano, Superintendent of Schools for the Diocese of Orange. Thanks to all of you for spending your time with us on Church Life Today. This Church Life Today podcast is a production of Redeemer Radio and the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame and is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and then stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed, it's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go to see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go to see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits?